Welcome to the Gridiron Authority Podcast, Episode 1. I'm Keith Thornton, and with me as always is my co-host Mike Adams. Today's episode, we're going to discuss the biggest mistakes when building a fantasy football franchise. All right, let's go. So I've got my list of top fantasy mistakes. Mike's got his list of top fantasy mistakes. We're going to go over this and try to help you guys build a better fantasy team. One of my top ones, and I see this every single year, and we've been playing fantasy for over a decade, probably closer to 15 years, is filling your roster with starting lineup when there's still skill player talent available. So in other words, if you've got a kicker left to fill your starting team, but there's still good running backs on the board, kicker should not be a priority. So you take your running back at that spot, save your kicker for last. Same thing with defense and tight end. Don't fill your starting roster just to fill your starting roster. There's better players out there. Take them. What do you think about that, Mike? I think that's an excellent point. I think there are a certain number of players at each position that should be taken. And once those players are off the board, you know, then at that point, maybe you can say, okay, I'm going to take my kicker. I'm going to take my defense. But outside of, of three or four tight ends, you know, there, if there's a run on tight ends and those three or four are gone, you could probably wait a few rounds to, to draft your tight end because the drop off between those top three or four, maybe five is, is large. So you don't need to try and compete with those guys. You know, if uh, the top guys are gone, let them be gone, you know, take that running back that's out there. And, and if you have everyone you need and those top guys are gone and there's a big drop-off and there's a great defense out there, go ahead and draft that defense. Exactly. I think people get, I think people get scared when they see, oh, man, I don't have a kicker. I just got a kicker to fill my team up. So they just draft them because they need that kicker spot. But in reality, even a third or fourth string running back is going to be a better value at that pick than a kicker. So that's just one of the things to watch. And we've been... Like I said, we've been doing our, our main league for, I think, since 2004, and it happens every single year, so without fail. Mike, what's one on your list? Uh, you know, one of my biggest ones is kind of on the same subject, is, is drafting a guy with the idea to trade him. I understand that a lot of times guys slip down the boards, you know, and if last year I saw Carson Wentz when he was coming back from his ACL injury, I would see Carson Wentz in the 12th, 13th round. And if you see a guy that valuable down there and you have the idea of, you know what, I'm going to draft him and maybe I can trade him, that's a great idea. But when you're drafting guys in the third and fourth and fifth round with the idea of, you know, I'm going to flip this guy and I'm going to get, you know, two players out of it, it's a waste of a pick. Most of the time, people in fantasy, they honestly don't trust each other. Uh, They consistently think you're trying to, get one over on them. So they're not going to be willing to give you very much for that guy. So now you just have a wasted pick. So if you draft, you know, Cam Newton in the second round, and then you see Matt Stafford in the fifth round and you say, well, I'm going to draft Stafford just so I can flip him because someone's going to need a quarterback. It, it doesn't usually work out for you very well. And it's, it's a waste of a pick and you're leaving good, you're leaving good players on the board and it, it just usually doesn't work out. And I think that's one of the things that anyone who's really played fantasy football with anybody has probably seen you'll get a trade offer that's you know will you take my third string running back for Pat Mahomes 
no, that people don't really offer you fair trades. It's hard to find, and a lot of times people don't do it. And that kind of leads into one of my points on my list here of don't be stagnant with your team if you're not doing well. Obviously, if your team and if you're winning every single game and your team's great, you don't need to do anything. But if you're losing games and it looks like you're going to be out of playoff contention, make moves, trade players, pick up free agents, cut guys, do whatever you got to do. There's no point in sticking to what you've got on the draft when your team's not doing well. I think that's a great point. I think if you have a bad draft and you know you had a bad draft and you got to start scouring the waiver wires, uh, you got to start attempting to make those trades. You know, they may not always go through, but, you know, the worst they're going to say is no. Yeah, let's be honest. It happens to everybody. Everybody has bad drafts, but there are ways you can get out of that. I mean, I don't think you need to give up on your season just because you just because you had a bad draft, just because you, you know, maybe you picked a guy and then in a preseason game, he tears an ACL. He's out for the season. You know, that can derail anybody. And it happens every year, unfortunately. But again, don't let it derail your season. It may set you back. But if you scour the waiver wires, you try and make trades, uh, you watch everything closely. Uh, you could still be in contention, even even if it's not for a championship. You know, even if it's just trying to get in contention to make the playoffs. You know, as long as you make the playoffs, you're in contention for a championship. And you know, the first step to to doing that is is staying active and staying on top of everything. Yeah, I mean, you don't see NFL actual teams and GMs losing games, just saying, "Oh, we're just going to stick with the players we have, and hopefully they eventually win." I mean, you got to get out there and make the moves. So. Love that point. Um, another one I've got on here, and Mike kind of touched on it earlier with picking Cam Newton over Matt Ryan quickly, is don't waste high draft picks on backups to positions you've already filled. So to that point, if you draft, let's just say Pat Mahomes in the first round. I keep going to Pat Mahomes if you can't tell I'm a Chiefs fan. But if you draft Pat Mahomes in the first round, you don't need to draft like a Cam Newton in the second or third round. You can only start that second quarterback one game, so don't waste your high picks on that. Same thing if you've got – if you take running back first, second, third round, you don't need to take running back in the fourth and fifth round. Start working on your other players. So divide that, the, the top half of your draft, divide that among your, your positions you need because there's no point in stockpiling one position when you can only play so many during the season. All right, that's a great point, Keith. Uh, I agree with everything you're saying there. I think if – if you have your starting quarterback, if you have your your two running backs, your two receivers in a flex position, you know, at that point, you know, maybe you can start looking for for that defense if there's a great defense. And I'm talking an elite defense, uh, the Bears, the Cowboys, someone like that. You can start looking for those positions, but don't draft. You don't need a fourth running back and a fifth running back at that time. And, you know, if you do have a Mahomes or you have a Breeze or a Brady, a backup quarterback is not very important because they're only going to ideally they're only going to play one game for you. So if you don't get a, a top tier backup quarterback, it's not the end of the world. So don't don't stretch and don't panic thinking that you need to have two Pro Bowl quarterbacks. You need to have four Pro Bowl running backs and four Pro Bowl receivers. Take your starters. And if you can add a little depth without stretching, that's a great thing. But that that leads me to my next point. And it's it's go into your draft with a plan. And when that plan falls apart, which it assuredly will, be ready to react. You know, go in saying, I'm gonna build my team based on running backs. I'm gonna build my team based on receivers. 
uh, I'm going to get a quarterback in the first round. And, and when it, and when it falls apart, you know, if you end up, if it's a random draft and you end up going way down the board and all the great running backs are, are gone, you need to have a backup plan. You need to be willing to willing and ready to flip. Don't say, well, I'm still going to build my team based on running backs, even though the top five or six of them are already gone. I'm going to build my team on the next five or six. At that point, I think you should say, you know what, I'm going to grab this number one receiver, or I'm going to grab the number one quarterback, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to grab a couple receivers because I'm going to pick late in the first round. I'm going to pick high in the second round so I can stagger, grab a couple great receivers, and then I can get those, you know, six through 10 running backs. And so go into the draft, have a plan, be ready to adjust, be ready to move, and uh, just just be ready. And that kind of leads me into my one of my next topics. And I like to call them draft killers, but what it really is is the trends. One of the things that absolutely wrecks a draft is you go into the first round thinking, okay, I'm going to draft a running back or the best wide receiver available. And all of a sudden, everyone in the draft starts taking quarterbacks in round one. It's easy at that point to panic and be like, oh, I better take a quarterback. But in reality, you're actually going to be better off because if that starts happening, you're going to get that much better running back and wide receiver. And a lot of people always ask, well, why wouldn't you take quarterbacks first? Because they score more points. Well, the point is there's a lot better individual quarterbacks. There's not very many running backs that aren't running back by committee. So you're only going to get to choose maybe five of the top running backs. So people start drafting QBs early. You take that running back if you can get it in the first round. Don't, like I said, I call them draft killers because a lot of times people will be like, like like Mike said in his last point, they'll have that plan of, Got to get a running back first round. They see people taking quarterbacks. They freak out. They take a quarterback. And then it, you're not taking advantage of everyone else making the mistake. So that's kind of the, my point on this is don't don't follow the trends and and uh, stick to the plan. That's, uh, that's an excellent point. I think that we see that every year, uh, killing drafts. It's, it's something that people, I mean, it, it's just human instinct. You see someone doing something and you panic and you think that I need to do that same thing, or they must know something that I don't know. In reality, they don't. They're probably just saying, well, quarterbacks score a lot of points. And quarterbacks so are the sexy pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, especially if you're in a PPR league, you know, if you can get a Christian McCaffrey, if you can get a Saquon Barkley, who cares if they're taking the Pat Mahomes and the the Drew Breeses and and those guys, because you can get Cam Newton in the second round or the third round or, you know, you can get those those still elite quarterbacks later. And at the same time, you'll still have your like I said, you'll have your Saquon Barkley's and you'll have your Antonio Browns and your Christian McCaffrey's, those types of guys. And, you know, just don't don't follow the trend. Obviously late in drafts, there's going to be a trend of, okay, everyone needs a kicker at that point. You know, don't, don't skip out on a kicker. If it's the, you know, the 13th round, take your kicker. But early on, there's always a run on a certain position, whether it be quarterback, running back, wide receiver, unless it's in your plan or unless you can get one of those top ones, you know, it's, it's okay to let that pass you by. Um, Like I said earlier in the podcast, each position has a certain five, six, seven guys. And after those five, six, seven, there's usually a significant drop. So if you don't get one of those guys, it's okay to to move along to the next position and see what you can get. That's going to kind of lead me to my next point personally. It's people not drafting based on trends, but people drafting based on the past, uh, on past accomplishments, on p- past achievements. Every year you see guys 
they will draft a guy, even though that, you know, they had a down year the year before they still think in their head, well, they had five good years before that. Uh, usually when a guy starts having starts going downhill, they're not going to get back to what they were. You saw it with LaDainian Tomlinson. He had, I mean, the best fantasy years we've ever seen, honestly, but when he started going down, he never got back to that point, but he was still consistently a first round pick. Uh, same thing with Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson put up huge numbers, and when he started going down, he was still a, a productive receiver, but he did not put up those same types of numbers. So, I mean, the, the thing is, is just don't draft on based on past accomplishments. Don't expect Jason Winton this year to put up the same type of numbers Jason Winton put up six, seven years ago. He's probably going to be a productive tight end, um, but he's probably not going to put up insane Pro Bowl numbers in all likelihood. So just don't don't draft based on on uh, past achievements. Draft based on future projections on what you expect them to do this year. Yeah, and that's one, especially that that's a super important point, and I can't stress it enough for running backs. When you see a running back like Adrian Peterson that gets north of thirty, and they start looking like they're and they're having still they're still having really good seasons. Maybe with the exception of Frank Gore, that usually doesn't work out for him. If you got a plus thirty running back. I wouldn't waste a high draft pick on him. And even this year, I think the biggest one that's going to trap people this year is probably Todd Gurley. He had a stud year for the last last season, but then he had arthritic knees towards the end and missed some time. I'm not saying he won't have a great season, but I don't know that he's number one pick worthy this season. I just don't know if he's reliable enough because of that. So just exactly to Mike's point, don't don't draft him just because he had a great last year. Draft him based on How's his injury outlook this year? Is, is his knee still messed up? And go from there, because I think that's one of the biggest biggest issues. One of the last points I have is don't let your fandom get in the way. And uh, as a Chiefs fan, it's hard for me because, especially with their offense being as good as it is, don't pick players just because they're on your favorite team. And I've done that in the past years, drafting a, a Chris Conley, who – is a third string receiver on any other team, but second on the chiefs. And I'm drafting him because I personally know more about him because I follow the chiefs closely. Um, and in the same light, don't skip on players just because they're on teams. You don't like, I wouldn't skip on a Derek Carr just cause he's on the Raiders, even though it's a chief's rival. So, and that's one of the things that really gets in people's way. Just put your fandom aside and look at winning and making the best team you possibly can. I think that's a great point, Keith. Uh, I mean, the last few years, um, I've done a. I mean, I've I've really set aside my my personal grudges for teams, and you know, as a Cowboys fan, you know, we naturally dislike the Giants and the Eagles and the Redskins. However, uh, you know, I drafted Saquon Barkley last year. I've had Odell Beckham in the drafts. Uh, I've had Carson Wentz in the drafts. I had Jay Ajayi and uh, Alshon Jeffrey for the Eagles. Um, I've had the Eagles defense. I've had some Redskins over the, you know, over the years, a lot of red, I had Adrian Peterson last year. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those don't, don't let a personal, you know, don't let personal ideals, you know, sports ideals get in your way. Don't, don't draft a guy just because he's on your team. Don't skip a guy just because he's on the rival team. It's a, that's a, a certain way to finish last in your league or to finish at the bottom or miss the playoffs and, and just not do well. Uh, in general, that kind of leads me to my next point. Um, when you're doing the draft, make sure you do your research and uh, always avoid drafting guys that have the same bye weeks, particularly at the same position. I mean, if you draft, 
Drew Brees and you draft Nick Foles. And it turns out they both have week nine bye weeks. You know, it's, it's a wasted draft pick because you're really only drafting Nick Foles to start that one week that Drew Brees isn't playing. So it's not going to help you. All it's going to do is hurt you because eventually you're going to have to go out and get another quarterback anyways. And now you've wasted a draft pick on Nick Foles for no, no reason. And especially if you're in a position with multiple running backs or multiple flex positions, if you realize you have a, a running back that, you know, you have two running backs that have week 11 buys and a receiver that has week 11 buys, that's three of your starters out in one week right there. So that's going to be hard to recover from. Um, it's going to be hard unless you have some serious depth. It's going to be really hard to come back and actually get a victory that week, especially if you're going against a top team. And it just it just doesn't work out. So just make sure you do your research. Make sure you you check the buys. Make sure everything's lining up to where you know you may be a little thin one week, but you're not going to you know you're not going to shoot yourself in the foot in the draft you know for for two months down the line. So yeah, and I surprisingly have talked to people who. I talked to a guy who said he didn't really care about the bye weeks because he would rather lose one week with all of his players on bye than have to have them spread out. I thought that was a crazy notion, but then when I start thinking about it, I'm like, it's, if your team's good enough, that might work, but you have to have a really good team to where essentially you're saying, if all my good players are on week 10 bye, that's okay because I'm going to win the first nine weeks and then I'll be nine and one, and then all my bye weeks are in one week. It's crazy to think about, but you have to have a really good team for something like that to work, so... Mike's points is right on the nose. When if you if you can avoid it, avoid it. If you if you feel like your team's just dominant with all the players you have and and you're fine just tanking one week essentially, then that's up to you, I guess. And that's a great point. I think it's possible to do that, but if you're in a if you're in a twelve man league or a fourteen man league, that having that type of depth and that type of dominance is going to be a little harder. If you're in an eight man league or even a 10 man league, it's a little bit easier to get that depth built up and to, and to have those great players and to go four running backs deep and three receivers deep and even two quarterbacks deep. But most of the time, you know, in, in a 12 or 14 man league, that's going to be hard to pull off. So it's not worth the risk. Honestly, it's, it's best just to try and spread them out the best you can and, and just, just do your research on it. So. It looks like I've got one more here, uh, and it's, I don't think this is really as relevant as it used to be. Um, Mike could tell you from experience that you don't always want to draft only players from great teams. Like You don't want to draft nothing but Patriots, Saints players, because they may be sitting in Week 17 to rest for the playoffs. The NFL did kind of change their scheduling up to make division games towards the end of the season, and I think it's eliminated a lot of that. But you've really got to be careful for what players you're picking up because they may be on a team that's good enough. They'll be leaving you high and dry on championship week. And and that that is a great point, as Keith uh, mentioned earlier, that that is something I know about. I've I've lost multiple championships and multiple playoff appearances uh, or playoff games because of that stuff where I've had these great players where every one of them won division titles and, and they had bye weeks and they had all this, all this great stuff and it, it looked great on paper, but when it came down to playoff time or championship game time, all of them were sitting down and I was going with my guys that I was drafting, you know, I was going with my 11th round running back and my 13th round quarterback and, and my receiver that I picked up off the waiver wire for a bye week and just kind of hung on to, and so it will cost you. I mean, obviously 
the guys that win are going to put up the better stats most of the time and they're more reliable than than the other guys but you know also don't sleep on the garbage time Blake Bortles a few years ago was was one of the top ranked quarterbacks in the league because of what he did in garbage time and I mean his stats in the first three quarters were never really pretty but then he put up ridiculous stats in the fourth quarter and you know at the end of the day he'd have you know 30 plus fantasy points and I mean that's the the type of stuff you have to look at so I mean it's nice to have the winners it's nice to have you know, the Patrick Mahomes and the Tom Brady's and all those guys. But at the end of the day, if they're going to be sitting week 16 and week 17 or, or only playing partial games, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to help you. So just, just, uh, let that kind of, you know, think about that when you're drafting and think about that as you're assembling your team and, and, uh, you know, obviously draft the best players out there, but if you need to throw in a couple, you know, a couple losing players, you know, you have to throw in, uh, Oh, a Leonard Fournette from the Jaguars last year. You know, everyone expected him to be good, granted. But, you know, that type of guy where he he's going to put up, he's going to be playing in week 16 and week 17 if he's healthy and and just kind of factor that stuff in. And if you have this knowledge, the, the best part about this, and we talked earlier, is to always keep your team moving. It's a moving machine. You got to keep it going. If you've got a quarterback, and this and this sounds crazy on the face of it, but if you have a quarterback who's dominating, undefeated and you're getting close to the trade deadline, it's not always a bad idea to dump that quarterback, trade him for other great players that are on those fringe teams that are going to have to be fighting for spots. And the worst one was a few years back, Peyton Manning. He, he was always so good, and the Colts were always so good at going to the playoffs that he always sat week 17, week 16 and 17 typically. So if you had like Peyton Manning and you were at week 10 and your trade deadline wasn't up, trade him away. Trade him and get some, some – uh, players on French teams, let them win the championship for you. People are more likely going to see this great quarterback who's winning all these games and they're going to jump on it. Well, if you trade them to a, a lesser team than yours, it's really not a threat to you. And you're going to get some great players out of it in return. And that's uh that's a great point. I mean, you could always trade those guys away and, you know, most people would jump at the, the opportunity to get those elite players um and and sometimes you have to you know when you realize a weakness on your team you know you may have to give up a a great player to fix you know some depth on your team just last year actually uh in one of the leagues that keith and i are in together uh i was short on receiver but i was heavy on quarterback and i actually traded pat mahomes to keith to grab thank you very much yeah to, to grab some receivers and, and uh, I got a receiver and I got a running back and they were both elite players, but he was, he was struggling at quarterback. I was struggling at running back and receiver. And we came to a compromise of, you know what, this, this may come back to bite us if we play each other in the playoffs. But you know, if we, if we don't make this trade, it's not going to matter because we're not going to make the playoffs. So. And at that point, I, I actually don't recall who my quarterback was, but I had Tyree kill on the team too, who was doing well. And I had other depth at wide receiver, and that's just exactly the point. Even though Mike and I were both winning games, we both made a move to ensure that we would keep winning games. I needed, I think it might have been Ben Roethlisberger that I had. But uh, I, I traded Tyree Kill for Pat Mahomes, which it ended up being a great trade for both sides because as Pat Mahomes was doing great, so was Tyree Kill. And uh, this just goes to show you that even if you're winning, you don't have to stay stagnant on your fantasy 
one of the things I hate the most out of anything, and if you've played fantasy, I'm sure you've ran into it. Somebody drafts a team and then doesn't even touch it all year. They didn't even change their lineup. They just the way it sits is stays there. They're starting players on bye weeks all the way through. Uh, the absolute number one thing to take away from this podcast is stay on top of your team. It takes work to win. If you if you truly want to win a team, it's going to take some work. Like he said, uh, if you if you take anything from this, it's be active, uh, be aggressive, be vigilant. Um, don't sit back and expect your team just to, you know, don't expect a championship to come to you. Um, most of the time when you auto draft, you're not going to auto draft a championship team. Most of the time, not saying it doesn't happen, but, you know, don't be afraid to make a move if you're winning and don't just give up on the season if you're losing. You know, if you start off 0-3, be be willing to make some moves. Be willing to to be aggressive. And even if you have to give up a great player for for two average players or two above average players, if you need the depth, you know, that's what you're going to have to do because you spreading your point, it's not going to matter if your quarterback gets you 40 points if all your other guys are getting you single digits. If you have to go from a 40-point a quarterback to a 30-point quarterback, but you gain a a uh, 20 point running back and a 20 point receiver, you know, overall your team's going to be doing better. So, you know, be aggressive, be, uh, be willing to make the moves, uh, whether you're winning or you're losing. All right. I think that's all we have for today. We'd love to hear your input. So hit us up on social media, gridiron authority, check out our website. Let us know if you have any of your own biggest mistakes. And if you have any questions on trades, feel free to ask us. We'll give you our opinion. Anything else, Mike? Uh, don't forget to tune in to episode two of the Gridiron Authority podcast, where we'll be going over fantasy predictions, um, our thoughts on on the fantasy draft, the sleepers you should be looking for, the guys you should be drafting, uh, or at least looking the draft, the guys you should maybe be looking to avoid. Uh, we'll have all sorts of information for you, so don't forget to tune in. All right, see you guys next time.